Hello and welcome. My name is Tim. I'm Dante. And I'm Herfy Durfy. And this is Go Mode, a Link to the Past randomizer podcast. Looking out my window right now, and it is a winter wonderland. It is snowing for the first time in Charlotte in like, I think, three years or really? something like that. And uh, Dancy, you're getting, you got some snow too, right? I, I, <laughs> it was nice and a little bit icy this morning when I woke up, and mm. most of that's melted. Um, like, the ground is very wet, and uh, the cars are frozen. That's about it at this point. Yeah, that <laughs> sounds great. <laughs> That's like what I expected for us. Like my wife was getting so excited. She's like, oh, the baby's first uh-huh. s- snowfall. Like it's going to be so <laughs> magical and exciting. And I've I was like, this. no, it's not. It's going to suck. It's going to be like freezing rain all day. And uh, I was wrong. We woke up and it like everything really was coated in white. And it was it was quite beautiful. We love snow. Um, but yeah, now it is uh, freezing, raining, and even though it looks pretty, we were gonna go like walk around in it, and then we we like got all bundled up, and we walked outside, and we were like, absolutely not. There's no way we're walking around in this freezing rain. It looks miserable. So we just kind of like hung out on the porch a little bit for like five minutes, and then we turned around, went back inside. Herf, do you can let us know where you are? Not really. No, we've not gotten snow and. In- like a long time, at least not, you know, anything substantial, I guess. You mm. get, you know, it snows every now and again, but so most of the time it's not even like strong enough or big uh, enough of it to stay anywhere. So it just looks like it's raining outside, but instead of rain, there's snow falling down, which is also kind of miserable. Mm. And oh, yeah, that's gray. Yeah, just gray, you know, and drab and everything's wet and people are packed in. And it's just kind of like, <clears throat> I don't know, it's like a weird drizzle yeah. where it's kind of snowing, but kind of not snowing. And uh, most of the time, kind of like Dante said, we get a lot of weird extreme temperatures where suddenly there will be like lots of black ice and stuff. Mm-hmm. But but it's never it's it hasn't been a nice little winter wonderland in quite some time as far as I can remember anyways. Yeah. Is there anything that you're like where you live, the climate is like known for? Is it like warm tip- typically or rainy or? I think we're pretty like temperate, I guess you would mm. call it like we're pretty a pretty mixed bag. Uh, yeah. I've definitely noticed in my lifetime that uh extremes are getting more extreme so to speak without getting into a whole like oh global warming yada yada discussion or anything but i've definitely noticed that the winters winters get a lot colder in the negatives and the summers get a lot hotter up to temperatures that were like vacation temperatures when i was a kid you know we used to take vacations in italy and then you'd sit in the sun and be like oh man it never gets this hot in germany and now mm-hmm. you're you go outside your door in the summer and you're like, oh, God, what's happening? Yeah. Vacationing in Italy. Yeah. I think we've <sighs> wow. talked about this before in uh, on the podcast. But for me, yeah. it's like a eight hour drive, maybe. Uh-huh. And uh, that also uh, takes into account going through Austria because that's kind of in the way. Yeah. That's not too yeah, bad. Yeah, it just sounds so romantic, you know, well, I mean, <laughs> to I mean, an American. I, I guess it's it's just, I always thought it was such an interesting juxtaposition, the the kind of the understanding of distance uh, from like an American and a European, because mm-hmm. if we're talking about an eight hour road trip, I can get from the southern part of Germany where I'm in through 
Switzerland or Austria and get probably to Italy in that time. Probably pretty okay-ish into Italy. If you guys drive for eight hours, you probably cross a couple of states, but you're technically still in the same country. Not really much has changed, I would assume. Well, it even depends on where you are in the country, because Mm -hmm. if you go out west, I mean, if you go to Texas, you can drive eight hours and still be in Texas. Yeah, that that too. Yeah. So, yeah. But then if you go to, you know, New England, yeah, you can cross four or five states in eight hours. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, driving around and, uh, you know, crossing through different states, that can be a lot like walking through Hyrule and crossing <laughs> through different regions of the world, Is it uh, which is something that you do in one of my favorite games called A Link to the Past Randomizer. And that is what we're here to talk about today. <laughs> oh, really? I've never heard of this <laughs> weird, strange game that you have talked about, sir. Well, I set it up in a very, very <laughs> uh, peculiar fashion. That so was probably, probably the best segue that I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, I was like, all man, my time can't believe. On this show. And I, um, I got to tip my hat to you, Tim. That was <laughs> absolutely quite something. You know who? I was um, that one emote, Dante, that you shared with us a while back of um, the frog that's trying to drive and like, oh, monk is hanging onto the steering wheel and like it's shaking like crazy, but like the face is just like, I'm going to make it. That that was me. That was, that was definitely a monk steer moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, so with that being said, let's get into our first news item, which is uh, a really big one um, and, and deserves uh, quite a bit of time that we're going to dedicate to it here. So uh, the A Link to the Past Randomizer League Season 4 has concluded, and uh, we already have said GG's to the Open Champs bottles on empty, uh, but now we finally have our Invitational Champions, and a huge congratulations and GG's to the Titans Mitts. Woo! Yeah. Congratulations. Uh, of course, Dante's team, along with uh, Sailor Nep and Relkin, a huge congratulations to the three of you on uh, winning the Invitational League this year. Thanks. It uh, We played well in the regular season. Um, overall, I think we played well in the playoffs, too. And uh, it was a lot of hard-fought matches. And um, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. <laughs> Yeah, shout out in particular to Sailor Nep, who went undefeated for the entire season. Absolutely incredible. Yeah, that was incredible. Pretty, uh, uh, yeah. pretty awesome from her. I know, uh, like we, she said this in a couple of interviews and uh, back in the main tournament when I was in the finals, I had no idea that she wasn't planning on doing league. I just had assumed she was and um, mm-hmm. that we were coming back and then. I got up one game on Gamma and we were getting ready to go into the second double header. And she says, you beat Gamma and I come back for league. And I was like, hold up. You're putting this pressure on me now. So, um, (laughs) uh, and, and she's been, she's been doing ladder. I I get her opinion though on this and talking about the whole like retirement or, you know, stuff like that. These big events, like the main tournament and the league cross keys, you know, kind of like the three big tournaments, I guess, throughout the year, they take up, a whole lot of time, especially if you play them through. Uh, and if you go mm-hmm. far as well, then, you know, it's a big time commitment. And even if you just play regular season of league, that's seven weeks. Uh, so yeah, it, it's a big time yeah. commitment. And I can understand wanting to take a step back from it. 
it is a big time commitment. And um, I think that's probably as good a segue as any to uh, talking about, um, I guess, I don't want to say the elephant in the room, because to people who don't follow, you know, the league discord or, you know, watch these games, you might not even be aware of, of what happened. But there was uh, an event, I guess, in you could call it in the semifinals round um, versus um, uh, versus. Yes, Skull Kids. Sorry, I was blanking on the name there. So um, I will do my best to set this up. But either one of you, please uh, feel free to jump in and um, you know correct the story. I'm just going to try to set up you know the facts of everything that happened, and then we can go back and uh, each weigh in on kind of what happened. Uh, and again, this was you know pretty big uh, in the community. A lot of people had a lot of you know pretty strong opinions about it when it happened. So we want to make sure that folks that aren't you know regularly in the discords uh, get a get to hear kind of what happened, so that you can form your own opinions. So. Uh, game four, it's uh, Gamma Chu versus Sailor Nep. And uh, uh, at the time of this incident, uh, Gamma was well into go mode, actually climbing GT in that room with the spikes and the two Igors where you go down the stairs. Gamma is in that room. Uh, Nep is just finishing up Turtle Rock, which I think was the last crystal. So several minutes behind, still has the Guinness Tower Big Key uh, hunt left to uh, left to go. Uh, and it is at that point that something happens with Gamma's internet and their stream is cut. So their screen, it just freezes on, on a certain frame and no one knows what's kind of going on with them. And, uh, you know, Sailor Nep, of course, is just continues to race, races all the way through and then beats the game. Sailor Nep is declared the winner. Now, of course, Gamma Chu was well ahead, um, I believe had several safeties as well and was almost guaranteed to have won this had the internet outage not so, occurred. Not internet. Basically, the game itself crashed Okay. on okay. Gamma's hardware. So from what I understand, uh, I could be wrong on this, but I believe Gamma runs on a Super NT and mm. I think has an EverDrive, which is similar to an FX pack. Um, not 100% sure on that. So that again, that's assumption, but basically mm. was in that spike room and the game just crashed like something malfunctioned mm -hmm. with the hardware potentially because it wasn't a, it's not a known bug or anything. And the game just locked up and went to a black screen and that was it. Right. Okay. Yes. And thank you for uh, clarifying that. Um, so, uh, so then, uh, you know, Nep of course, you know, finishes out the race and is granted the win, uh, which should have taken the series to a game five. Um, now, as far as we know, Gamma never asked for a rematch, but there were quite a few people that were very vocal about the fact that a rematch is would be the only way to resolve this and that, uh, you know, the the right thing to do, putting right in quotation marks, would be for Sailor Nep and Gamma to reschedule and then have the race again. Um, Nep chose not to reschedule and to take the win, which is 100 percent her right. And we have talked about this Many, many times. I, I think a lot of us, myself included, have been the victim of crashes, Internet outages, whatever the case may be, that prevent you from finishing a seed or a qualifier or whatever the case may be. There have also been times I know for me, this has certainly happened too, where you benefit from them. They're an unfortunate part of playing, um, you know, of, of racing uh, across the Internet the way that we do. Um, 
But it's just one of those bad situations where, like, that's the situation. Nep, you know, has a very busy schedule, as you know. You said to kind of open this whole thing up, Dante. Um, it, it it takes a lot of time to put all these races together. Not to mention how high stakes and how profile high profile each one is. So I can certainly blame somebody for not wanting to put themselves through that again. So. Again, Nep decides not to, uh, you know, offer a reschedule, which she has does not have to do at all, um, and uh, it moves on to game five, and then it is announced not too long after that that Skull Kids uh, have decided not to schedule game five, and they are preemptively forfeiting it, which then gives Titans Mitts the win and moves them on to the finals to play against Pug Trio. So that is what happened. Um, there were a lot of opinions, a lot of emotions, a lot of uh, a lot of talk um, about this when it happened. I want to take a break from talking for a second. I obviously have with, <laughs> I'd like to weigh in on some things, but I want to take a break from talking. Uh, and I would actually love to hear from Dante, um, who, you know, in a way has kind of been uh, in the center of all of this by being a member of the team, um, you know, uh, that this affected the most. So with that, Dante, um, you say whatever you want. I mean, just start, say whatever, so you know, I've what been do you pretty, think? I've just been pretty quiet about this overall. Uh, I've talked to a few like close friends about it. Um, and I, I mean, I'm kind of lucky enough to be on the podcast. I can kind of say my piece and whoever wants to listen can. And if someone wants to skip ahead, they can too. So that's, that's, great and all but so like my perspective obviously i've got a lot of critique on me i'm a part of the team relkin's on the team we're both admins of the league um my perspective of that entire game i was asleep <laughs> i went to bed the game started at 11 30 and i was like not staying up to watch this whatever happens happens i'm going to bed and i had probably in my head played out about like 15 million scenarios of what could happen and what actually did was not anything i ever predicted um so I went to bed and um, uh, anytime like one of my teammates has been racing during league, I would end up waking up in the middle of the night. It's not the only reason I ever wake up in the middle of the night, but it just seems to always happen. So I always check the result and then I'll go back to sleep. And uh, so I woke up like 3.30 and I I'd see like a ton of messages. I see pings and I'm like, what is going on? Why is everything so crazy? Um, and then I see the result and I see NEP1 and I'm like, oh, well, great. That's cool. Um, I guess we're playing game five. And then I start catching up on these messages and just kind of see everything like what, what transpired. And I'm like, okay, well that's different. So then I'm up for like the next 45 minutes, like on my phone, trying not to wake my wife up looking at these, like the VOD, what happened. And then I kind of start going into like a, a mental panic mode because I'm seeing how mad folks are. Um, no matter where you fall on that, you're entitled to your own opinion. And um, I don't think anybody who was upset in a way was wrong to be, upset. Um, so I didn't really know how to act the next day. Um, basically like all the ad administrative decisions had been made by the time I was awake, even at three 30. So, um, like the next morning I contacted Relkin and I said, what's your availability? And we need to just go ahead and put our availability times out there so we can play game five. And we got them together pretty quickly. We put them out there and said, Hey, we're available at all these times. Um, Let's see if we can make these work. If not, we'll see if we can adjust. And then shortly after that, that was when we got the message that just said in the series. Now we're not going to play. And I was like, okay, so I kind of knew no matter what I said here, I'm in a weird position of, 
uh, I'm not going to help matters by trying to encourage them to play or or not, you know, or just say, okay, fine. So I was like, look, I'm, I, I told the admins, I said, again, I'm not, I'm involved. So I'm not saying anything. If you guys want to do something or try to encourage them to play it, please do. I'd rather them play. And, uh, we gave it a little bit and then it was like, all right, well, we're just calling it. You guys win. And, uh, I still made time in the weekend for it because I was hoping like after people cooled off that we would get to play game five. Um, and unfortunately we didn't, but, uh, anyway, so, you know, we got to what Monday and it's like, all right, well it's official now because the time, the time limit had passed mm-hmm. and, uh, we're in finals. So it's like, all right, well now we can do this. But, um, but yeah, I just assumed like trying to encourage anything one way or another, or to try and put out fires that were bl- flaring up in the community. We're just going to like kind of fall on deaf ears and it was just going to make things worse. So that's just kind of how I am. It's like, I kind of need to let people, I don't know, uh, (laughs) react and get stuff out of their system. Um, rather than just try to interject. Cause I know that's not going to, to help. Um, and, uh, I don't know, like with the, and I kind of want to throw this into like everyone who's really, really mad, no matter what side of the fence you're on. It's like the thing to come from all this, I think is like, find a way to kill somebody with kindness rather than like, in your head, maybe stooping to their level or, uh, going to another level of, you know, lashing out. Cause it's, it's the old adage of two wrongs aren't going to make a right. If you think someone's wrong, you don't have to also be wrong. Um, so that's one thing. Uh, another thing is, you know, the admins talked about this and I, I'm, I'm a proponent of it. There needs to be potentially in these bigger, larger tournaments, some type of FPA or a fair play agreement these uh are kind of weird we had one for we had an optional one for sgl 2020 and that was really weird because it was trying to balance problems like this but it put a weird Mm -hmm. stigma on the player to manually opt into it and it needs to either just be the rule or not exist and we've always chosen it to not exist in every tournament so far but now i think this is me kind of hearing things through the grapevine. Um, but apparently uh, the main tournament might be doing something like this, where there's going to be like an administrative decision and there will be criteria that they have that they follow. I don't know what that is. I don't know what um, what that's going to be like, but if they work on something uh, and then share that with us, the league admins, I would love to see how that runs for the next main tournament. And then we can extend that potentially build on it, if you will, for league season five. Mm. So is this meant to address what to do if, you know, say somebody's game crashes or is it meant to address, um, you know, seeing two people finishing out the series? It would be, that it would be something kind of in the sense of, um, if a crash happens, an internet outage, power outage, maybe stuff like that, mainly for game crashes, I think, because those are the rarest occurrence. Like we could probably put this into play and then never again will we see this happen. Like that's probably how this is going to go. Um, mm-hmm. Game crashes in, ran- in our rando are not as common. And, I mean, we've heard of some lately. Um, they're not as common as they are for say like Zooter, 
uh, where mm-hmm. all of their tournaments have like a, a fair play agreement of like, I think you get 25 minutes to try to make up time uh, if your game were to crash, but they, they have a lot more crashes from what I understand. At least I'm not hundred percent sure on mm. that. Gotcha. Um, Herf, what are your, uh, what are your thoughts? I, I know, you know, this mm-hmm. is not something that has necessarily directly affected you, but certainly you are kind of aware of all this going on. Yeah. What, what do you, what do you think about all this? Uh, well, there's a, especially the things that you guys have talked about now and, uh, Dante now with the fair play agreement and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I, I do have some thoughts on that and I do have some thoughts on the whole situation as well. I think, okay, let's, uh, let's start out with the most recent thing with the FPA, the fair play agreement. Uh, if I remember right, the one at SGL 2020 that we had that was optional was kind of like a weird, uh, how do you put this? A weird, like copy or like weird change from the, Zooter one that was already present that you talked about. And I think the way it was implemented was that <clears throat> if both players agree to use the FPA before their match started, it would be in effect. And uh, it would give like if, if your console crashed or whatever, it would give you like up to 15 minutes or something to like try crash insurance. In a yeah, way. yeah. So, so to speak to, to, you know, to make up time again to get back to where you were. And uh, so you don't lose all your progress, which yeah. I feel like there's a couple of problems I have with FPAs. One being that I think it's really, really hard to think of an FPA that's not in some way abusable by someone who wants to abuse it. Yes. I mean, that's, you know, that's putting a lot of malicious intent into people like potential malicious intent, I guess. Yeah. But, you know, oh no, uh, the item that I wanted wasn't on Trinex after I took 15 minutes to go through Turtle Rock. Uh, oops, I kicked my console, it crashed. You know, stuff like that. Yeah, start like, over. Like, yeah. uh, how do you, how do you really prevent stuff like that? So that's, you know, one problem I have with FPAs, but, uh, well, we'll see if it ever comes into effect and what people make of it and how they try to implement it. I'm sure, uh, more people in the community will have stuff to say about it if it comes to that. And, uh, we'll, we'll see what they come up with. I also have like no idea what that would even look like and what it would entail and if it would be even at all similar to Zooter, because I think Estante also said the, the, like the prereqs for it to go into effect are just so different. Yeah. Zooter is a much longer game and it has a much more crashes in it still, I believe. And also the emulators aren't that great compared to, you know, the Super Nintendo because of all the weird stuff that you have to emulate for N64 and so on and so forth. So I, I feel like it's more understandable and probably more needed there. But in uh, in, in ALTTPR, it just seems, I don't know, unnecessary in a way. It does to an extent. Um, <clears throat> it's, you know, I understand that if you experience crashes, it totally sucks. I'm sure everyone has had some situation come up. It might not have been a crash, you know, just let it be a power outage or something weird. Uh, yeah, but you know, there's always situations where like, oh man, that sucks. I felt really good about this, and now suddenly I've lost a match because something weird happened. Who knows what? You accidentally deleted your file or whatever. 
Mm-hmm. So I totally accidentally deleting your file is one thing, but it being completely out of your hands yeah. is particularly frustrating mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who can't understand that? But I feel yeah. like it also happens so infrequently and is like, I don't want to, you know, point fingers or put the blame on anyone or be like, it was your fault because you didn't take care of your hardware correctly or whatever. Who knows why anything crashes? But I feel yeah. like it, more often than not, it's like a. I remember Act the Boker having a, a lot of weird problems with uh, a specific mode. I forget what it was, maybe entrance or maybe like retro or something, because when he went into shops, it would constantly corrupt his VRAM and crash his console and stuff. And the reason was just that, you know, the SNES he played on was so old at this point that it just wasn't in great shape anymore. And he had to like get it yeah. fixed up and get some stuff, you know, resoldered and stuff like that. And now it works. And he probably lost a couple of seats to crap like that, but that's just how it is. That's wild. I would never think to blame somebody's equipment specifically or their care of the equipment. No, of course. You know, that's, yeah, it just happens. You know, I mean, it's, it's yeah. just the hardware is more often than not the cause of the problem. Like if, mm-hmm. if you're eating like greasy Cheetos and your Cheeto dust <laughs> gets all inside the pins of your SNES, then... You know, that's kind of your fault. Now, I'm not sitting at Gam- sure. Gamut you. I'm not, I didn't say he did that. Okay. Like, don't, no, <laughs> yeah, no one please put words in my I, mouth. No um, Cheeto accusations. Yeah, I also want to make clear that I'm not saying that Gamut you is like kicking his equipment around and, you know, not taking care of stuff. That's not what I'm getting at. I'm just saying if this was a known crash or something, I would feel maybe different about it. Or if this was something that happened to a lot of people in that specific room or, you know, anything that will make this not a one-off occurrence that happened at an extremely inconvenient and shitty time. But that's just how it is sometimes. Yeah. So uh, we, we do need to wrap this up. We have a lot of stuff to get to today. <laughs> yeah. but I, I will weigh in just real quick. Um, I am less concerned about, you know, agreements to try to figure out what happens if the game crashes and fair play agreement in in, like in in that respect and more concerned with what happened afterwards, which was Skull Kids declining game five and essentially auto forfeiting that. Mm -hmm. That is one that I'm really having trouble wrapping my head around understanding kind of where they're coming from and sympathizing with that it really feels like a you know like they were just bitter about something that was out of anyone's control and just kind of took their ball and went home and um this is tough because i like all three of the members of skull kids uh raymond shireen um and of course gamachu all three of them i've you know watched I've had conversations with on discord i've watched them race i've heard them in post-race interviews i like all three of them i just don't understand you know, how they got to a point where they felt like, you know, in, in one of the highest profile matches in the community, you know, which which is a league race invitational final four that they would just decline to even participate. And that's why, again, I say like a fair play agreement that's more like we promise to do our best and not, you know, throw away a high profile match. I that is what I would like to look at. I think that the league admin specifically should look at this and try to see how they could maybe prevent something like this in the future. And if that means, you know, like 
penalizing a team that does this or, you know, sanctions or I don't know exactly how that looks. But I, I have to say, like, this is not I don't want to see something like this happen again. I don't think this is a good look for the community. I mean, I don't that's, think anybody does. That's how I feel. I mean, this this falls back directly onto me because I've been in this situation where I didn't want to play in a tournament anymore and I played Fall Guys. We all remember that. And uh, it didn't go as well as it went in my head when I came up with the, you know, we came up with the idea. And I'm not going to revisit that whole thing, but, you know, it, it, as long as people can learn from anything, then that's a win as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. That's fair. Um, and again, yeah, it's, I think we could go on. I know I probably could, but in the interest of time, um, I think, I think we should wrap up our conversation about league season four. Um, uh, real quick, this thing about, uh, fear taking a step back. Is that public yeah, knowledge? We, we mentioned that okay. in the, uh, the wrap up announcement that Drossy put out on Saturday. Okay. Um, fear. I kind of knew this was coming way, way back. Um, when he kind of made the team, he was kind of at the end of his rope. And I know at the end of season three, I was expecting him to bounce, but the Mm -hmm. fact that he had a team with him, I think made the load a little lighter as far as like a lot of the behind the scenes stuff and setting up also with like Sigma and Synax bot automation stuff. It made things a lot easier. So, you know, he still had some fire in him, but you know, we saw him sub sub out for uh, personal reasons middle of the year because he was on skull kids um and then you know as things were wrapping up he was he was like i'm done i'm i'm heading out and he did Mm. so um i don't fault him at all for that uh you got to do what's best for you and um yeah wish i'm wishing fear the best yeah so fear agent the creator and commissioner of the league since it's uh since its inception um taking a step back uh yeah like you said Definitely appreciate what he's built. I'm happy to see it can continue on, um, you know, in the hands of, of other people. Um, and I think he set a great example with it. So um, awesome. I and, hope uh, uh, we can one day be on the same podcast episode <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, you have to not be the same person, which I'm still not convinced that's not the case. Oh, because yeah, that's still a thing. OK, that's a, mm. it's a thing. Yeah, it's still a thing. So. <laughs> hear me, Murphy. Right. I hope you're doing well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh we are moving on now to talking about um the ALTTPR racing council uh, but it does this we do adjacent. still have a little bit of yeah it's lingering uh, uh business from from the the league so um actually if i could uh, i'd love to just hand it over to you Dante if you want to you know tell us a little bit about what the council has been up to uh sure um Let's let's do the paperwork thing. Uh, all 17 yep. members currently are uh, going to stay on for another term. We are taking applications and entertaining the idea of expanding the number of uh, people on council this term. And uh, nothing set in stone on that just yet. But uh, the 19th, I think it, maybe the day this comes out uh, or something, that's the final day to apply. Oh, yeah. And um then we get a little over a week to decide. And then February 1st is when the new term will begin. So that should be a lot of good times. Um, so it was brought up to us um, kind of after the Gamonep race. There were some, you know, behavioral things that kind of came into play. And yeah, uh, we kind of glossed over this, too. But this was kind of a part of the whole 
reaction was like immediately following the events of that game for um, a flurry of discord activity, some really strong opinions, uh, some some things said that were, you know, not uh, possible to take back, you know, that sort of thing. Um, and I, just to weigh in real quick on that, like I, I don't fault people for getting excited and passionate in the moment. I think we all do that, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm certainly willing to allow somebody to say, hey, you know, I shouldn't have said that or that was wrong or even just not mention something again. So these sort of incidences, um, we glossed over them for reasons because we don't want to just like dredge up you know, drama or anything or call out people by name. Uh, but there was one such uh thing uh, occurrence i guess that that where some action needed to be taken yeah so it's it's public knowledge it's in the announcements channel of the main discord um it's just you know and and i get this happening in a way uh i can see how you know heat of the moment ideal uh, idea and i don't hold it against uh this person you know longer than any of this time we've got to to deal with here but like so schulzer had sent a dm to nep it was um a little charged uh, in, in the fact of NEP taking that win. And, uh, due to that, the admins and the council together dis- discussed and, uh, w- at admin recommendation, they are, uh, sanctioning soldier can't talk <laughs> for two weeks, mm-hmm. um, which is like a, a two week, t- uh, ban on race time. And, uh, I think also from the discord or the main discord. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and that, that's good. One of the reasons the council was founded, uh, you see in our bylaws is about, curbing harassment. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's unfortunate. I mean, I, I hate, I I never, I mean, Senac probably didn't want to either. Don't want to have to do anything like this ever. Like we're doing it because there's been a lot of, a lot of behavior talk in council recently, kind of after the game four flared up. And I I wanted to touch on this briefly. Um, like I'm not going to go into super specifics on everything that was said, but I, I did say one thing that I thought, like resonated at least how I feel. And I kind of want to read mm-hmm. that like verbatim really quick. So pre- yeah. predating this specific incident, uh, there has definitely been a more apparent trend of players being upset about X scenario or an example scenario. Uh, and then, uh, then what they do is they make comments in speed gaming chats, uh, that are targeted comments. However, they're vague enough to skirt moderation under plausible deniability. And it, it then progresses and becomes quote unquote, a good joke to outsiders that get small snippets and look up to these folks, whether they be up and coming runners or just viewers. And then at that point, it's even more deniable per se. Uh, more people are on mm. your side as it's a joke and it feels more and more okay to do. So also far be it from me to expect everyone to be like super oversensitive on every single topic. Cause I personally am a firm believer for myself of just pushing through the turmoil, but it's definitely taxing. And I've personally felt this has been something that's been targeted in my direction in the past. And I'm really struggling to find a way to put it all into words. But probably the most blunt way I can say it is that there's a lot of hate and animosity in this community that is masked under the guise of humor. And I really Mm. think that's true because if you watch a lot of SG chats, there's a lot of jokes, but if you're kind of in on the joke, you know what's being said. Um, Yeah. And that's kind of why I've kind of, in this whole topic right here, been kind of about talking about it. That's why I've also been quiet because I kind of know some of these jokes. Uh, I may not be like the best buds with all of them, but I know the jokes 
and it's getting old. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's, well, first of all, thank you for sharing all of that. I know that's like you said, it's, it's easier to be silent sometimes and it's difficult to share. So I want to thank you for doing that. It's, it's not just about the jokes though, in my mind, it's more about, um, you know, the jokes are kind of how it manifests itself. Um, and I've kind of touched on this before, and I think I kind of came at it from an angle of talking about gatekeeping. I don't think that was the right word. I think it was actually kind of more what you're picking up on, which is, you know, certain groups of people might kind of band together. Maybe they're friends from another community. Maybe they just become friends. Maybe who knows? You know, for whatever reason, you know, they create their own private discord. They kind of all hang out there. They percolate and create their own memes and jokes and lingo and things and opinions about other people in the community. And then, you know, they come out into the general community and they say things and they drop hints and they make references to some of these hints in their private discords. And, um, you know, it can be hard to 100% say like, oh yes, this is happening. That's a joke about this person because who could know for sure without actually being in them. But I think what you're picking up on is, you know, when sometimes you can kind of put some of the clues together and realize like, oh wait, are they referencing this situation or talking about that person, you know, and it starts to kind of become a little bit more having a a friend group. I mean, let's, let's be very honest and we're not going to dive into this too deep, but having a friend group that you're closer with than everybody else in the community, that's totally fine. You know, people are going to, it's going to happen. It's just how you act with it. And I do want to add one thing to what, you know, we're saying here about like me saying it's kind of getting old. Uh, I'm not completely innocent in that sense. I mean, I I've been guilty of that. I think, I think honestly, everyone has at some point or another. Um, It's just a matter of like, do you want to try and grow and learn from it? Or do you just want to keep doing the same old thing? Cause you know, screw everybody else. This is funny. Um, mm-hmm. It's all, it's all about your mindset. And will I ever be guilty of it again? Uh, probably because I'm not perfect. So um, yeah, I just think, I just think this is a really good example for the entire community of showing a way of how we can improve uh, and, you know, just, just be better overall, I guess, better human beings. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I did want to circle back to one thing that you touched on, which was uh, that full council membership was retained. It's the first time this has happened. Uh, We've only had five (laughs) terms, I I believe. But um, yeah, for all 17 of the members to decide to come back, I was quite surprised to hear that that was the case, because there's always at least a little bit of turnover. If you knew everything we discussed, like, you know, we had the we had multiple cheating things to look at. We talked about the whole voice call thing. We did a couple bylaw amendments that were voted on. Uh, I thought there were going to be, I thought we'd have double digit turnover. I thought like, cause we had a <laughs> lot of new folks and I figured they would be like, this is like aggravating. <laughs> so I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised that wow. we have that much uh, retention. Yeah. It's impressive. But as you said, uh, applications are still open. I think uh, as you are hearing this episode is the last day, you can maybe sneak your application. If you hear in. it on the day it comes out. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they are still um, p- considering, you know, opening it up to 19 members so they could add a couple. So still still a reason to uh, apply if you're interested. Um, 
Cool. All right, let's move on. We have a few more things to cover here before we get into our feature. Uh, the next one, there was a uh, new sort of hotfix update uh, released to V31. This is V31.0.11, released in uh, January 2022. I think the main change here, for the most part, uh, is there's been a change to the way that Fake Flipper works, or rather like the failure state of Fake Flipper. Um, does one of you guys want to try to uh, parse this because I'm sure if I tried to do it, I'd probably. <laughs> yeah, sure. All right. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Give me a second. I also want to mention before I start explaining what this even is about uh, that this is, you know, it seems like a small thing, but it has caused a surprising amount of controversy, I guess. I guess. Well, and I I noticed that Synac had to come out with like another announcement just Mm. about this to like clarify it. I guess I assume because a lot of people were up in arms about it one way or another. Yeah. Do you want to help us walk us through this? Let's let's first get this out of the way. So uh, the update side says that failing a fake flippers by taking a hit will not work like it does in the original game. So what it does currently is uh, if you're fake flippering and you get hit, it just kills you or that's what it did before this update. So that's how it used to work. Uh, You get hit while you're fake flippering. It kills you and you get the normal save and continue, you know, the stuff that happens when you die. Uh, this was to prevent you soft locking because uh, way back in the day, if you got hit while fake flippering, it did kind of what it does now, where it tries to put you back where you jumped into the water. But if you're not on the same screen anymore, it doesn't know what to do and you're out of the fake flipper state. So you're just kind of, you know, screwed in a way. And it just doesn't, the game just doesn't really know what to do with you. Um, what it does now uh, is it works again in the way that it doesn't kill you. It just kind of freezes your game. At least that's sort of what it looks like in certain situations. And then uh, it prevents you from soft locking, which means you can just save and quit normally uh, with the select button and continue your game without losing any progress or having to hard reset or anything like that. Hmm. Um, the problem that was introduced with this change back or with this change to how the fake flippers work is that there's certain situations. Uh, one that I know of is when you try to fake flipper out of hobo and you're looking the like you're looking south instead of to the right or something like that. I don't know yeah. exactly what the state has to be, but something like that. Uh, it can lock you up for up to 90 seconds. So So you're just sitting there not being able to do anything for a minute and a half, basically. To clarify that, uh, when you walk off that ledge, when you're doing that hobo fake flipper, you want to just hold right. And if you have boots, you don't press A. Because for some reason, when you do those quick hops, it will cause you to jump slightly further. That's why you see people, as another quick explanation, jump over like Kakariko well if they do a quick hop. And then they keep holding down. You jump past it and you have to go back up. So I've noticed that mm-hmm. you just don't jump to the right. Now, even on the old, like save and quit death screen or whatever, like you die in fake flipper state. If you jumped like that still would happen. Like the 90 seconds mm-hmm. of scrolling around the, the, the map or whatever that would yeah. happen still, uh, in that one instance of a screen. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's not, you know, but there's, I think there's a couple of more, 
instances where it doesn't take quite as long but where it takes longer as it used to before where it just straight up killed you and then it gave you you know the opportunity to move on with your game like you if you had just died normally anywhere else in the game right so that's kind of what has started to upset people the reasoning that Seneca has put forth for this as far as i'm aware at least was a it's you know back to closer to vanilla behavior which seems to always be uh always sort of a guiding uh, light yeah for stuff like this yeah i think they strive for and uh it also it now covers more cases where people could actually get soft locked with the old fix where it would just kill you uh, as a very popular example here from Cynic seems to be when you're playing Enemizer, uh, you sometimes, especially if you shuffle the damage as well, uh, you sometimes could get hit for zero damage, like when a thief bumps into you in the normal game. You you know, you get knocked back and you get hit, but it doesn't actually take any damage. It's just mm-hmm. a little bit of a bump. And if that happened in an Enemizer game while you were fake flippering, the game it didn't realize it didn't like the the fix for it only worked on taking actual damage so it would not realize that you took damage while in a fake flippering state and wouldn't actually do anything with you and it would actually soft lock you for real like not even you know have to wait 90 seconds or anything it would just actually soft lock you and now the change back to how it works now prevents that so according to the deaths at least they are now covering more cases of where it could previously actually softlock you with the caveat that there are some other edge cases apparently where if you run into this problem it could cost you some time anywhere between i don't know 30 to 90 seconds i guess yeah hmm. yeah so i i haven't uh you know fake flippered and got hit since this hotfix was rolled out, which again was very recently uh, since the time of us recording this episode. But I definitely will be on the lookout for, you know, this new functionality. doesn't sound like it's going to have an effect on most of us. It seems like it's really the glitched players that uh, this will have an effect on. But I think even just knowing the fail state, you know, when you get hit while you're fake flippering to expect something different there is, is good to know. So everybody just be on the lookout for that. Um, there are a couple other things in here as well. Some kind of minor stuff. Item shops will now properly account for hard item pool and prevent purchasing of shields accordingly. Uh, thanks to compiling for that. More blind puns in there. Thanks, Puzzle Secretary. Um, when playing glitch modes, Aghanim's Tower Door will always be unlocked during the standard world state escape sequence. That's interesting. And added API support for enabling pseudo boots. Uh, That's some important. Additional, yeah. They, yeah. There's some additional... <laughs> Bug fixes, vanilla bug fixes, uh, some miscellaneous changes. They took out the don't use the SNES image, like the rad, like 90s thing or whatever, mm-hmm. just for a little more space on the ROM. Freeing I guess. up some memory. They, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's kind of funny that they, uh, I only think it's funny because I talked to Cynic about this for a little bit. They reverted the quadrant glitch fix that they put in a while ago, if you remember. We, I think we talked about this on the episode. They fixed a jingle glitch and the quadrant glitch the Mm -hmm. chicken glitch is the stuff that despawns gt when you walk up the stairs while the door closes and the little jingle plays 
and the quadrant glitches, the stuff that's when, for example, when you're on the Samaria platform towards Trinex and you spin just as you're crossing the screen border, you'll just forever loop and fall to your death and never get out of it again. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, they had to revert that because the fix that was put in actually made it easier to trigger it even (laughs) in different locations. (laughs) Dang. <laughs> well, I'm sure they'll they'll try it again in another yeah, hotfix. We'll get in it. there they're eventually. Yeah, yeah. I got quadrant glitched one time. It was on Moldorm two. I oh, think. great! I yeah, that's a lot of fun. That's a good yeah, one. Yeah, at the very end of the game, womp womp. Um, and then, of course, we've got some new sprites. <laughs> got to talk about those new sprites. Yeah. You can finally play as Spyro the Dragon. Heck yeah! Um, Dratini is also here. Uh, some sort of purple chocobo is available as well now. I kind of wish, I think we (laughs) talked about this before, but I kind of wish this would show me their names when you hover your mouse over them. Yeah. I got to say that that if you notice uh, on the second line there, there is Mm -hmm. a Neptune sprite and that's uh, a sprite that Sailor Nep has wanted for quite some time. She even had a channel rewards thing on her, uh, her Twitch channel. I have to plug this because it's funny. Uh, and it was like, com- you, you would redeem it and she would complain in some way that Bowsette got a sprite before, before Neptune did. <laughs> um, and, uh, now that <laughs> this comes out like right after league ends and she's like, really now I have to play more. <laughs> yeah. Well, it this, happens. Yeah. I mean, the sprite is there. You got to use the sprite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Cool. All right. That's it for the, uh, the V31.0.11 update. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with that, let's get into GMP community updates. So first off, I want to uh, I want to throw out a huge thank you to two people, our very own Herfy Derfy and Big Dunka. Um, really, really enjoyed editing and listening to the episode, uh, the last episode that you you two did together. Um, and I, I just wanted to specifically say thank you to you. I thought you did an awesome job keeping things on rails. And uh, of course, thanks to Big Dunka for, um, you know, his time and being so candid about uh, ladder stuff and, and all that. So it was awesome. It was, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, thanks. I I also, you know, we very much enjoyed recording it. I think it kind of came through in the episode itself. And uh, yeah, thanks. Th- thanks for the praise. It was uh, a pleasure. And uh, as uh, Danka said in the episode, it might not be the last time that we appear on GMP. Hmm. Very not. interesting. Yeah. Um, and a new season of Ladder has just started. So uh, mm-hmm. if you know that was your introduction to the Ladder, if you hadn't heard of it before, and you you know are interested in doing some one v one against people that are your skill level, Ladder is a really good way to do that. So jump in there right now. Uh, quick update, Timpton MSU. I'm working on it, guys. I'm working uh-huh. on it so hard. Uh-huh. I'm trying. I swear to you. <laughs> uh-huh. When I'm <laughs> not playing more. Metroid Dread, I'm trying so oh, hard to get Timpton MSU. Yeah. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna take when your I'm switch not away. Doing all these other things, <laughs> I am actually doing this other right. thing. Right. No, mm-hmm. I'm basically. I'm at a point. I think I have like. I counted. It's more tracks than I thought uh, left to go. But um, it basically, if I do like one a day, I'll have seven days to like do a final edit and then it'll be release time at the end of January. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm, I'm I am, you know, I'm more I'm being more prolific now than I have been in a long, long time. But even for me, you know, 
but that's not even a lot, I guess. It's a weird way to say that. But like me being really prolific is still pretty slow. So still it's, it's coming nothing. along. Just, exactly. you know, if you're having trouble motivating yourself, Temp, just remember I've played two seeds to test right. your MSU and it's not and, even finished yet. That is huge. I yeah, I, I cannot believe that you dusted off your emulator to to play my uh, half finished MSU pack. That really meant a lot to me. Um, was good. Also, thank you so much. A special shout out. Also, um, let me see if I can remember. Palmancott, Lucien Greif, uh, and my buddy Mike Gillespie, who you can hear play trumpet on it. Uh, they've all uh, played through as well. Um, kind of done play tests. So thank you to all of you. I've I've watched your vods and it's been very helpful. Um, to make tweaks and things to the tracks that are in there. Um, but yeah, I, I did another play test, added a few more songs. It, I got like 40 minutes into the seed before I heard a link to the past track. And I was <laughs> nice. like, okay, doing pretty good. So um, yeah, very, very close. And uh, I'm still still saying, you know, January 31st, as of right now, um, should be able to download that on the Gomo podcast website. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, bi-weekly seed episode 90. I do I did play this one. I don't have a lot of specific memory of it other than it was it was fairly good. I remember there was a lot of progression at the beginning, um, which is always kind of an interesting situation. Uh, and yeah, not much else to say about that one. Episode 91 by Weekly Seed. I was thinking about I've heard people you don't talk about do this. Kiss Priest. <laughs> Kiss Priest. So the idea, I guess, is it's just like escape. And then you talk to the priest and then you open the chest right there and the Triforce is in it and then you're done. Yeah, so it's just it's, like escape. But it's, it's like 10 times in a row, isn't it? It's like six seeds, I think. And it's all enemizer. It's standard enemizer. Mm-hmm. Start with a sword. So, oh, no, I don't want to do that. Yeah, if What you want, <laughs> if you want it to be listen to temp.msu, then it just needs to be a standard assured seed, an old dot casual without the boots, sad face, hmm. if you will. I don't know. I mean, on the other hand, maybe we should just wait until next week and then I can have the whole thing done and then I can have people play that. All right. I feel like that would be better. Then it's, so let's just, this one is whatever you want it to be. It's yeah. The what do you, off what do you season, got? Give them an open boots. Ooh, open boots. Okay. I like that. Not quite sure. as fun as casual boots, but open boots. It's, it's what's Very for good. dinner. Open boots is what's for Bewis. BWS. All right. Bewis. And on to our main topic with that. Let's go. You ready, Temp? You ready, her? <laughs> I'm ready. Okay. So uh, kind of following in the tradition of episodes we've been doing lately that are, you know, conversational, not unlike our is ALTTPR too hard episode where we just kind of discussed that question and another question that I wanted to discuss with you guys and also with the community. And that is what makes a seed good or bad? What, you know, what defines the quality of a seed? Because people all the time when they finish a seed, they'll be like, oh my God, that seed was terrible. We even have a channel in our discord specifically for sharing these called cursed seeds where people will share a seed after they're finished playing it and kind of challenge others to play it. Um, sometimes giving hints, sometimes just laying it out with no comment with the whole idea being this was a very bad seed. And what makes it bad is kind of what I'm interested in talking about. Like what makes a seed bad or again, what makes a seed good? So unlike the episode is ALTTPR too hard, um, you know, with that one coming in, 
I definitely feel like I had maybe a little bit of an agenda or kind of a point that I wanted to to share or, or reach. Um, this time, I don't I don't really have an agenda or, or any kind of like you know preconceived notions about this. I really just kind of want to talk it out and see if we can sort of uncover anything interesting in this conversation. So I don't have a lot planned in terms of like an outline or you know uh, conversation structure. But mm-hmm. one thing that I have done is, uh, well, all of us, we've reached out to our uh, subscribers, our Patreon subscribers, and also Twitch subscribers in our you know exclusive Discord channel um, where, where they uh, all chat. And uh, we asked them this question with very little editorializing. We just asked them the same thing. What makes a seed good or bad? And we got a fair amount of uh, very thoughtful responses to this question. So... Um, we will also be reading some of those and seeing what kind of perspectives some of our uh, um, members of the, of the community have. Um, mm-hmm. I guess before we read them, though, uh, we should probably sound off on kind of where we're at on this, maybe just kind of a gut reaction. I have read all of the sub questions, so I'm probably going to be a little, you know, uh, kind of flavored by what what they've said. Yeah, um, can I can I start us off with something? I would uh, love something? that. Yes, I think do. I have. Uh, I think I just you know I just had a, like an epiphany or something that like a good point just flew into my head. Uh, Let's hear it. A, a galactic space particle hit a, a neuron, whatever. Gal- uh, anyway. What's a galactic space particle? Can we talk about what that is? <laughs> it's <laughs> it's like a, a, a particle from space, but it's. Galactic. galactic. Oh, okay. I mean, what right, what right. more do you want? What you know? It's kind of self-explanatory. Cosmic. Yeah, you can say that. Cosmic. It's self-explanatory. Planetary. <laughs> it's something anyway. like that. Anyway, yeah. I think um, there's a one important point that I want to make, or I guess one important distinction. Maybe uh, the thing is this: um, we're gonna run into a lot of it depends situations in this discussion i feel like that especially temp really doesn't like very much i know that yeah. temp is not a big fan of it depends <laughs> but um to Guilty. maybe preempt at least a little bit of that uh i want to get ahead of us and all the submissions that i personally haven't looked at yet just because i really wanted to be as unbiased as possible uh, except for my own personal biases, I suppose. But um, what I'm trying to get at is you're playing a seed and it's super awful, in your opinion. You're, you know, you're not finding the items that you need, your last locationing, uh, your go mode item, and so on and so forth. But someone else who plays the same seed might route it completely differently and have a great time. I think it was one of the best seeds that they've ever played. So I think an important distinction or whatever you might want to call it to make is for a seed to be truly good or bad, it needs to have something in it that makes it awful or great, regardless of which way you approach it. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. And I think you've touched on something that definitely uh, some of our, our listeners kind of tapped into as well. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's interesting. Um, So, uh, yeah, I guess with that, um, you know, to kind of go off of that, it sounds like what you're getting at is like how uh, one thing. Are you saying how bad a seed is, is like how much it kind of forces you to do things? Or are you saying um, the severity of a bad seed is, is like how much it asks you to do that? 
Um, that's a good question. I don't question. know if that made any sense. I kind of lost the yeah, plot in the little, middle of that The question. first part made sense. I think you were trying to get it. <laughs> like, am I saying a bad seed is a seed that asks you to do a lot of running around and, you know, not finding items? Or is a bad seed maybe one that asks a lot of difficult situations from you, you know, like low percent boss kills or stuff like that? That's yeah, a good place to start. Yeah. And I think uh, it's both in a way. Uh, I think. What I'm saying is what I really consider personally, what I consider a bad thing or a bad seed is one that gives me a lot of difficulty, both in the endurance department and in the like mechanics department. Mm. So if I have to, if I have to do a lot of low percent boss kills because there's just no other way, you know, getting back to the point that I was trying to make earlier. Uh, if you have no other way, other place to go after you get dark world access, except for uh, thief town and mm-hmm. uh, you already cleared out everything to even get to the dark world access or you had whatever, you know, and it's not a routing decision. It's just, you know, you have to go through Thief's Town with maybe no sword or a fighter sword and three hearts and green mail or whatever. And that, mm-hmm. you know, causes me a lot of problems, at least. Yeah. And uh, then if it also, uh, that alone already makes it a seed where I'm like, oh boy, you know, where I'm already getting ready for a bad time, but it's not necessarily a bad seed yet. But if it then also sends me through the whole gamut you know you have to go into a pendant dungeon to get the book and then you get some other fetch quest item from a tablet and then it turns out it was on sahasrila for the green pendant that you never thought of or something crazy like that then Mm -hmm. it really turns into a bad seed for me and yes uh and uh likewise uh, on the opposite side you know a good seed is one where everything just kind of falls into your hands those are very very rare i feel like good seeds are rarer than bad seeds uh, which is you know partly down to me just lacking in execution and skill but uh yeah i I think you know if i had to make a distinction like that i think that kind of what it comes down to if that made any sense it did yeah and um you uh, are you've kind of helped me realize that essentially the answers that we got mm-hmm. kind of fell into two camps. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I guess I could describe them as sort of like um, comfortability versus freedom. Mm-hmm. So there were some that were like a good seed is one where it gives you a lot of safety items early on. Uh, there are a lot of required items in crystal dungeons. Uh, you don't have to go to a bunch of pendant dungeons to get your progression. Um, you know, and it's just a comfy seed. You have everything you need. It's all close at hand. You're mm-hmm. able to jet your way right through it. That is the definition of a good seed because yeah. uh, it was it was easy to play it well. Mm-hmm. And then there was another camp that was not exactly saying the opposite 
but more like saying, to me, a good seed is one where it could go a multitude of different ways. And it presents a lot of interesting choices uh, that could wildly change, you know, how a seed would play it, you know, if one person took one versus the other. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was less like I want it to be easy and to have a lot of safeties and more like I want an interesting thought scenario uh, to, you know, I, I want to see how various gambles, you know, play out. And uh, I don't want to just be forced into doing one really long, you know, linear progression route through the seed. Yeah, I think this shows a really interesting distinction that I think everybody who's played random for some time knows about, but nobody ever really talks about too much. It comes up like individually when you talk to people, but I think this really shows the kind of split, if you want to call it that, in the community between people who really enjoy the game for the gameplay, which are the people that kind of want the linear, you know, everything's kind of in your way, you're enjoying playing the game, you're just, you know, feeling like a badass, killing all those bosses and stuff. Mm-hmm. versus the people who really appreciate the whole puzzle aspect of the randomizer more, you know, where you have to decide what's a good gamble, what could statistically be the better choice, where do I go next, you know, where might my item be, where do the items that I already have kind of point me towards. Yeah. Yeah. And then thinking about, um, like, when I try to turn it to myself and I say, okay, what do I personally, you know, what does Tim think a good seed is? Uh, because, you know, to to your point of like execution, you know, do you enjoy playing the game versus do you enjoy the puzzle? I would mm-hmm. have to class myself as more of a, a puzzle person. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also love, you know, executing well or having a low percentage situation and uh, overcoming that and, you know, getting what I needed to. I, I get a huge rush out of that as well. And the more I think about like what really gives me joy, I... <laughs> I want to I want to ascribe all of that to myself and not the seed. You know, mm-hmm. the seed is it, it doesn't have uh, any opinions. It doesn't have a, a personality. It just is, you know, and mm-hmm. it's the way that I engage with the seed that is really, you know, did I do a good job playing it? Did I make the right decisions? I put a lot more of that on myself than I do on on the seed, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I can totally understand that. And I think that is probably also the more productive way to think about it. Because if you keep blaming your seeds, you're never going to improve. You're just going to think all the seeds are treating you badly. And that's why you suck at the game. Yeah. Yeah. Blaming the seeds is also it's like blaming your controller, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Dante, what do you what do you think about all this? I'm sure you've probably got some pretty uh, different opinions about like what kind of what makes a seed good or bad in in your eyes. Uh, It depends Uh, all on the situation. (laughs) How dare you? Yeah. So let me let me let me quantify my my depends. Um, All right with uh, a couple of scenarios. So am I racing? If yes, uh, who is my opponent? If I know them, uh, like I'm going to use, sorry, temp, I'm going to use you as an example. Uh, if yeah. I, if I'm racing you, I want everything. You could do whatever you want and you're going to beat me. No, <laughs> you no, could, you could, I want you could 100% the game. No, I mean, I want things to be on the path. Like you want a jet yeah. seed and yeah, against potentially you as long as there's no gotcha moments that's what i want to that linear either i want that linear jet seed or the linear long seed um you mm-hmm. don't want a lot of variance plays because i i mean 
all due respect, I think my execution is better than yours. So I think I can make up time even if I have some mistakes. So again, I say, how dare you? Yeah. So (laughs) I I use that. has been thrown. It has. I'm just using that. The, uh, that is like a big example, I guess, uh, a rough around. No, you're, you're, but I know exactly what you mean. And we've, we've said this too, in like qualifiers and things like that, uh, better players generally want things like, um, all crystals or, or all dungeons. I mean, because the more execution is asked for the better they're going to do. Yeah. That's kind of what you're referring to. You want well, one that's going to require more execution. Not always. Um, okay. I just want it to have. So like, all right, if, we get to the point where the whole seed's been linear, like the whole breadcrumb trail of progression. And then mm-hmm. we're looking for ice rod. And suddenly we have six crystals and six full clear dungeons. It is currently guest dependent. Um, a lot of racers hate this because you've got maybe a one in three or a one in two chance to guess maybe some overworld stuff that you've put off. So if you keep making the wrong plays with what you have left and your opponent who is behind, we'll say makes the first correct play. Then at that point, you know, all bets are off, you know, like, um, for like, for instance, let's say I skip, I get a Hera and I get the small key and I hair pot up and I end up leaving an item in the big chest because it takes so much time. And I'm one item from go mode it's going to show up in one of the other four crystal dungeons I have. However, you do that. Um, that's kind of what you don't want to see like as the, the upper runner, I guess, because if mm-hmm. you do that by playing it safe, then all of a sudden you've got a massive lead because I probably have to full clear the game before I come back to Hera. Yeah. Um, you know, now on the other hand, if I'm the weaker runner, like if I'm playing like Blaine, then I need the game to have some choices. Um, I maybe you have to dive Eastern or pod to get the hammer or the bow in like, you know, a somewhat vanilla esque location, maybe because uh, maybe a player's bias doesn't want them to go there. Um, Maybe it is a, you know, maybe the boots are in a pendant dungeon that, you know, the upper opponent's not going to dive to begin with because they don't have uh-huh. boots. It's a little slower. It's a more of a time investment, you know, stuff like those outliers. That's what benefits, uh, you know, some, most times a weaker player with them banking on maybe this outlier has something and then capitalizing on it. So what, yeah. what makes a seed good or bad for me on the racing side? I think it just, it very much depends on my situation that I'm in as far as who's my opponent and what do I want to see? You know, like, okay, like if it's if I'm going to last location something and I need my opponent to last location at two and I also need them to not be as good as me because otherwise they probably full cleared the game faster, if that makes sense. Yeah, I want to try this exercise. So um, let's say you are playing ladder and so you don't know who your opponent is. Can you imagine you just finished a seed and you go, man, that was a good seed. Can you think of a first of all, can you imagine yourself ever saying something like that? And second of all, if you did say that, what do you think that seed would have had to have done in order for you to characterize it like that? I think for me, a good seed needs to challenge me 
whether it be mentally or execution wise, or maybe a nice mixture of both. Um, uh-huh. and me to also play well. I think my performance also not, not win or lose just play well mm. to my ability. I think that categorizes a good seed because if I fell in the pitfalls of I need to execute now and then did not, then it turns out it, it'll end up going off the rails to be a bad seed. I think good and bad seed where we're, we're, I know your questions more gauge towards the item placements, the, the, the game itself. But I think it's also your mindset of how, mm-hmm. of how you're playing the game. That, that might be a little too yeah. deep for what you want to talk about. though. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that factors in, and I, this is probably a good time to mention, you know, that essentially it is, you know, and we touched on it a little bit, I guess already, but like there is the matter of like the seed being good. And then there's like, well, you know, maybe you need to kind of look, at yourself and and figure out maybe your execution of the seed wasn't that good. The seed wasn't bad. You're bad. <laughs> you know, right. that, that kind of thing, um, which is again, like you say, maybe a whole different topic. And then there's also, um, you know, as you've touched on the aspect of racing a seed versus if you're just playing it casually, uh, you're looking for and ho- looking for and hoping for completely different things. Um, your execution, how you handle the seed becomes a lot more important than if the seed is quote unquote good or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've talked a lot about racing. I guess I do want to, you know, examine a little bit more, you know, a seed just kind of by itself and less about how one tackles it. Um, Herf, I'd like to ask you the same question. If you ever, you know, were to find yourself in a situation going like, man, that seed was good. Mm-hmm. What do you think that seed would have had to have done for you to say that? Uh, I mean, the the easy answer and the equally like ambiguous answer is that it would have had to be fun. <laughs> but what makes a seed fun, which, you know, ends up with the same question in the end. Uh, sure. I think what what does make a seed fun? Uh, I think I touched on this a little earlier already when I talked about it. But uh, I think for me, a seed is fun when I'm not faced with too many like hardships if you want to call it that yeah you know not a lot of uh, hard dark world dungeons with not a lot low of hearts and yeah a comfy dark world you know i don't need every seed to have uh, i think uh, i we talked about this Either we talked about this or I talked about this with Dunka. I don't need every seed to be, you know, Red Mail, Butter Sword, and Kakariko Village. And, you know, you off we go. Even I think that's a little boring <laughs> and, you know, not much of a, a challenge or a fun seed to play through maybe. But uh, I just want it to be, I, I think maybe if, if it does make any sense, I think balanced would be a good description. You know, I want it to be a slow buildup in both safeties and equipment and difficulty. And uh, I don't want to have to do too many outrageous, weird, you know, uh, curveball things where it's like, right. All right. You have six crystals and you're one item from go mode and you haven't touched a single pendant dungeons. Let you know, let's let's go. And then you find something weird fetch questy in the pendant dungeon and that leads you to the book. And then, you know, you, as I said earlier, you check the tablet and it's on some weird last location that you hate. And uh, yeah, that's that, that's not what I want. I think, yeah, you know, just a slow ramp up and then a nice finish. I want everything to be comfy. 
especially now yeah. where I don't compete in anything anymore at all. Yeah, why do you, you why do you want to antagonize yourself? Give yourself a bad time for no reason. You know, yeah, if you're right. going to take the time to play, yeah, that's understandable. Absolutely. So I'm I'm reading through uh, some of our uh, listener responses. I definitely see. I think just about everybody uh, can agree on this. You know, to some extent, and I think that is um, when things are linear, it's not as good. And I think that makes a lot of sense in rando because the whole fun of a link to the past randomizer is that all everything gets kind of, you know, moved around. You have a lot of decisions to make. The more it turns out, oh, you just had to go here and then get that and then go to here and go to there. It it makes it less of a randomizer when it's just forcing you to do certain things. And if you are racing, your opponent is also doing the exact same thing. That generally, uh, there's very few people, it doesn't seem like, in just kind of skimming these and, and trying to recall exactly what everyone said. Uh, there's very few instances of people saying that that, you know, they like that. So, um, you know, specifically, like if you imagine when something's vanilla, that's usually pretty bad, right? Like you don't want things to be vanilla because then that means you have to go to the dungeon that requires the item that. You know, you, you wanted to try to go there when you had that item, but instead the items in that dungeon. Uh, so it's sort of the last place you would want to go without that item. Um, so that, yeah. uh, you know, that kind of forces you to do something that you wouldn't want to do in randomizer and therefore it kind of comes across as not good, a.k.a. bad. Mm -hmm. um, uh, now, I think it looks like we're all looking at the sheet now, judging from our, our little icons kind of. <laughs> flitting back and forth. Um, do any of you want to maybe highlight any of these responses and, and comment on them? There's a lot of uh, interesting uh, points made by our, our community. Yeah, there's definitely some interesting stuff. I'm kind of parsing through them a little bit. It's kind of it's kind of hard to, you know, read through every detail. Yeah, I tried uh, to summarize a little bit. Yeah, over yeah, exactly. Side. That's mostly what I'm looking at. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, despite it being his troll answer, Cynic wrote in, in Randall, all seats are bad in their own way. I think there's, you know, uh, obviously a little bit exaggerated, but there's a, a, at least a kernel of truth to that. Can't argue with it. Yeah, no, um, it's true. <laughs> I also kind of want to get back a little bit to what you or one of the things you said earlier where, you know, there's a difference between putting it on the seat or putting it on yourself. And yeah. I think a lot of people, including myself, and really also kind of what I said earlier, or, or you know, the essence of what I was getting at is uh, a lot of people are putting stuff that their seed has no control over on the seed. Where, yeah. you know, where I say I like it, I like it balanced in a slow curve upwards and uh, people, you know, say they want all the items in order or whatever, something like that. Uh, what it comes down to is saying, I want to route correctly. Yeah. And, you know, the seed has nothing to do with that. You just have to make the right choices. And uh, I was thinking about my answer earlier for a second. And I was like, well, you know, what I really think is a good seed is where I go somewhere and then I get the item that I was looking for. But that has nothing to do with the seed <laughs> in reality. Right. It has to do with the choice that I made in that second to go to whatever that dungeon or that overworld location. And, you know, it just happened to have that item. And I see yeah. a little bit of that in, in the submissions from our uh, listeners, too, really. Yeah. Um, well, I think some, yeah. But I think most of them are. Uh, I, I, God, I need to see if I can try to find the one specifically that was like this, but it was kind of tongue in cheek, like a good seed is one where I do good on it. 
mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. I definitely know I saw something like that. Uh, and I, I can't help but agree with that. That would be my knee jerk reaction if somebody asked me this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't think about it, you know, a little bit, uh, just yeah. kind of tongue in cheek. But, um, yeah, I, I, it's it's definitely, you know, I think the reason that it's tongue in cheek and not fully serious is for exactly what you said, which is at the end of the day, I think most of us at least realize that, um, you know, our application onto the seed is not the same thing as the seed itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's not until you think about this that it makes you make that distinction. It's really kind of sobering, you know, <laughs> you yeah, want to blame yeah, the seed. It really is because, yeah. you know, it's one of those things where you kind of have to you know, realize it's your own fault in a way. And who really yeah. likes to do that? And the seed is just, you know, an easy victim to play. Most of the time, people probably won't play the seed that you played and won't, you know, say, hey, it wasn't that bad for me. I just went to that place first and suddenly everything worked out nicely. I yeah. finished it half an hour faster than you. <laughs> yeah, um, I did want to read uh, Adelor's response because it reminded me of something that I, I did want to mention in, the, in this conversation. Adelor said, as a runner, I want a seed that doesn't lean too heavily toward either very linear or very open. Give me some options, not all of them. As a spectator, though, absolutely give me an agaped with a shovel behind ice armos to dig up boots to get the Gannis Tower big key off the torch. We like them as awful as possible when we're not playing them. And uh, there is so much truth to that. Um, <laughs> I, and I did. I think, you know, it's this is a good time to make that distinction. When we're talking about what makes a seed good or bad, we've mostly been talking about as if we are ourselves playing them. But you have to admit there is something about watching a, a race on Twitch or on YouTube uh, where you kind of want to see the most awful uh, kind of, you know, the awful, the most awful sort of placement that you can imagine just to kind of see what the runners do with it. Um, yeah, so, yeah very, I, very salient point. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, to be honest. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I don't really play much anymore. But it, I, I guess it also depends on who is who is who it is that I'm watching. Okay. But I often, you know, when a seed is really being trolly or awful or something, I often feel for the runners because nobody wants mm. to do play that. And nobody mm. wants to play that in front of a thousand people in like a semifinal or whatever. No. So I don't know. You know, this is a little bit of, yeah, I enjoy a good bit of Schadenfreude. Who doesn't, you know? Yeah. Yeah, And on the other hand, it's a little bit of like, oh, God, this is, you know, Twitch chat all over again. What about this? <clears throat> I think part of it is the reason you want to see that when you're watching is, uh, you know, there's something about a very bad seed that makes it kind of rare and special. You know, like it's it's a case of the randomizer, the algorithm doing something that you never, ever would have expected, arranging the game in some way that's preposterous, that's absurd, that's, um, you know, Mm -hmm. that's just like unthinkable in some way. So I think that's why also like as Twitch chat, you know, you kind of want to see a seed that is um, abhorrent like that because it kind of makes it special that like you saw it, you were there. Uh, you witnessed it happening, but it wasn't happening to you, which is great. <laughs> nah, I, I um, think Twitch chat is just a bunch of degenerates. <laughs> that's really the only. That's I'm not going to argue against <laughs> that. Obviously, I'm not going to argue that. 
But that's interesting to think about. Yeah, that's, you know, that's a really interesting point. I just thought of something that uh, an old example from 2018 that could be considered an objectively, not subjectively, bad seed. Okay. Um, I was trying to understand how retro worked for the fall tournament and the group stage. So I decided to practice one, you know, rupee bow, universal keys, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, I had never once thought about managing money based on a bow. And then, uh, Eastern and pod were both pendants. And the first bow that I found was in the Gannon's tower, big chest. Ooh. <laughs> Yikes. And the second, the other, oh, this is before progressive, wasn't it? And then the, uh, yeah, it was, um, I had the silvers from what I remember, but yeah. objectively that one was bad for practicing because I wanted to learn how to deal with those things in said mode. Mm-hmm. And then I couldn't, when you have a stated objective, yeah. Before you start, it's really easy to say if it's bad Correct. or good because it's like, does it meet that objective? Interesting. Right. Huh. And I guess if you were to say the same thing, you know, we're trying to go fast, we're trying to race. So in by that logic, anything that makes us go out of our way or take longer makes the seed bad. Uh, I mean, yeah. yeah, in a way. You know, that's, again, back to the whole distinction between is it good or bad in the sense that you were just talking about, or is it good or bad in the sense that it was fun? Well, I think the operative word in what I just said is makes, you Mm -hmm. know, forces, you know, you hear that sometimes the seed forced me to do this. Mm -hmm. I I think the more often that happens, the worse of a seed it is. I mean, that's true. Yeah, Yeah, I guess. I'm not sure if you can really generalize like that. That one feels I typically I would agree with you. I don't like to make generaliza- generalizations, but I, w- I think you'd be hard pressed to find someone who says like, oh, yeah, I love when the seed forces me to go on this, you know, logic chain and forces me to go into all three pendant dungeons. You know, I don't know. I mean, the seed forced me to check this location and it gave me. A butter sword or a blue potion that saves my butt on Agatu or something like that. There's always situations that could be positive, even though the game forced you to do them. Herfie They're probably. Are you, are you trying to say right now that it depends? <laughs> yes, but I am, uh, you know, elaborating on why I think so. Okay, that's fair. That is what I asked for. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think, you know, that I, I agree that. I, I get what you're what you're saying, and I generally agree with it. And I also mm-hmm. agree that the you know quote unquote negative situations that come out of a the game forced me to do X or Y are much more common and contribute to a seed being bad much more. But I think there's at least a couple of the game forced me to do X or Y that can turn into a positive thing. Hmm. There can be. I mean, yeah. technically. The game forces you to do things all the time, even when it's good. I think yeah, it's only I mean, ever identified exactly. as, as being forced when um, the game when is forcing it, me to get all seven crystals. What's up with <laughs> yeah. that? What, what's up with that? Just change the load game. to four seven fast cannon. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You can't four change seven. It that's funny. Um, no, that's also a good point. That's, you know, 
the game nobody's forcing you to do anything don't play the game if you don't <laughs> exactly yeah but yeah. we're getting into very like super existential stuff <laughs> yeah i know it's like yeah but uh, are you forced to get up in the morning or can you just say bad dude yeah exactly <laughs> when you widen the scope a little too far yeah. you're like, oh my god i'm gonna die one day <laughs> <laughs> oh look at my hand dude <laughs> Uh, um, okay. I, I feel like we're kind of coming to a, a natural conclusion with this conversation. Um, were there any other, uh, of these answers from the community that we wanted to maybe read or shout out? I'm going to shout out everybody's names here at the end, just cause you yeah, know, even if we, we haven't have specifically read from some of these, we've definitely, you know, they've inspired a lot of this conversation. So we'll, yeah, we'll definitely shout everybody I, out. I don't feel, I don't want anyone to feel like they're sending these in and we're just, you know, never reading them and ignoring them. That's that's not how this works. We're all reading them and we're all uh, acknowledging them. So exactly. Uh, so shout outs to Sinak sending in his troll answer. As always, we appreciate you, Sinak. He's always uh, the first one in, too, which is awesome. <laughs> uh, Malmo, Golfer Bolts, Krellbell, Jossum Sauce, Amerith, Adalor, Palmancott and Flames Divide uh, all gave really great answers. So thanks to all of you. Um, did you guys have any sort of like, I guess, final thoughts or anything else you wanted to add to this conversation? Uh, yeah. Um, I think that Tim, M- uh, Tim thought MSU makes every seed good. Ooh, wow. What a nice <laughs> thing to say, man. Thanks what so a much. teacher's pet. Right. <laughs> yeah. Working. You're definitely getting an a plus on your next evaluation. <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I guess let's go ahead and let's go ahead and wrap wrap this one up then. We don't have any new fetch questions. There was one that came in uh, while y'all were gone that Tuesday Tim handled um, from uh, a fellow named Keith. And I just wanted to say again, thank you, Keith, listening through the show for the first time and also mentioned that uh, he listens on Spotify and you are now able to rate podcasts on Spotify. So if you listen on Spotify and you enjoy the show, I'd like to ask you to leave us a, a rating on there. So that was pretty much it for that. Do you guys want, uh, you know, we're actually running a little short, so I, I feel like I want to ask you guys a fetch this question. Short. I'm, yeah. I'm kidding. Um, yeah, yeah <laughs> ask away, man. 90 I'm, minutes I'm is brisk for us. I'm here. Okay. Uh, yeah, it kind of is. I mean, right. go ahead, ask away. Okay, here goes. It's time for my question. So the thing that, the thing that I wanted to ask you guys is, um, so I was just wondering in terms of uh, pets. Tell me about pets you've had. Pets. Okay. Well, that's pretty easy for me. Uh, I have always been growing up when I still live with my parents with cats. My parents have always, as far back as I can remember, and I think even while I was a little baby, had two cats. They kind of, you know, cats don't get that old. So we've had multiple two cats, <laughs> but it was always multiple two cats. Two cats. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, one of them died and then we got another one and then the older one died and then we got another one. So they kind of switched through. Oh, so oh, okay. You have a free flowing amount of cats. It's kind of like a kid harem in a weird way. (laughs) But yes, you know, just we didn't kill them or anything. They just died of natural causes. Very unfortunate. We were all very sad. Uh, But uh, when I was growing up, I also had a tarantula and a boa constrictor, which is a snake. 
Uh, oh, I remember you telling us about the tarantula. I have, right? Yes. And yeah, then I had a right. whole little food pyramid in my friggin', you know, apartment with my parents because my cats kept trying to eat my spider <laughs> and my snake kept trying to eat my cats. <laughs> so it was, you know, the circle of life every friggin' day. <laughs> And, yeah, less a pyramid and more of a circle. Yeah, it's, it's more of a straight line, really, if you think about it. It's <laughs> incredible. But, uh, yeah, that was a little bit of a fight. Uh, but eventually the tarantula just died of natural causes. And the boa got so big that there was no way we could keep it in our apartment. Oh, my God. Did you trim and, him down uh, to a smaller size? I wish. I wish it weren't like earthworms where you could just split it in the middle and it would turn into two snakes. I would have just made unlimited snakes oh, forever. God, but snakes. Yeah. Instead, uh, we gave it away to like uh, my mom used to do judo and a, like a friend from her judo class had snakes in the basement of his house, like a whole what, what are they called? Ter- terrariums? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, that's at least a German name for them. I was just guessing. No, that's, yeah, that's it. <clears throat> but he had his whole basement set up as like a huge terrarium and he had all kinds of lizards and snakes and stuff. And he was like, yeah, sure, I'll take him. So wow. that's where my snake went. And I think it might still be alive today. I'm not really sure. Oh, wow. Yeah, they get pretty uh, old if you wow. treat them right. Like and a if they're not like. Well, not quite that old, but if they're not like out in the wild and, you know, have, I mean, snakes don't have a ton of predators, especially not huge ones like this. Yeah, but they're the predators. <laughs> if they're, if they're just basically sitting on their slimy butts and getting fed every day, they have a much longer lifespan than they do out in nature. Wow. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm still kind of hung up on your mom does judo. She used to when she was younger. Yeah. God, that's so cool. Did she ever like teach you anything? I mean, she kind of forced me to go when I was like 10-ish or something. So I did judo for maybe two years. The Austin Powers. I've forgotten pretty much everything except for the little, you know, combat role you do after everything they do to you in judo. Because judo is all about throwing people. Yeah. So whenever you get thrown anywhere, you just do this little <laughs> combat roll and then slap your arm on the ground. And oh, hey, in, in the Zelda world, we're very familiar with that. Yeah, it's surprisingly similar. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I guess that's the only self-defense that I have. If, you know, if someone ever tries to throw me, I can roll without breaking my bones, hopefully. <laughs> I'm just imagining you getting thrown and then rolling and then standing up and immediately running away as fast as you can. I mean, that's all I got. That's literally all I got. What? I got that and a slide whistle. Uh, oh, yeah, my, slide whistle. That's my defense. You can, can you do the slide whistle as the, the roll, the whoop, and kind of... <laughs> Hard to roll uh, and play the slide whistle at the same time. Uh, yeah, a little bit. It's but really I what mean, you want to go for. I guess, you know, goal for 2022. All right. That's what we yeah. need. We need a video. It can be edited. I'll edit it together. Just I need <laughs> I need a video of Herf doing a roll in his apartment. And then I need an audio clip of the instead of like the, the yeah, slide we whistle. just get a slide whistle going whoop. And then I'll just, I'll put it together. It'll be like a two second video and we'll give it out (laughs) to everybody in the the Patreon channel. (laughs) All right. For 1 million Patreon dollars, I'll do it. That sounds reasonable. (laughs) 
Uh, Dante, you ever have any, you know, like dogs running around? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I had a collie chow mix as a kid. Um, and uh, he was he was cool. And then had a couple of golden retrievers and a basset hound. And uh, look, basset hounds. Listen, those dogs. If you have a basset hound, you probably understand this. I would not trade. I would not have traded that dog for anything in the world. But I swear to God, I'm never going to have another basset hound <coughs> because was that they're the most stubborn pieces of crap dogs. <laughs> <laughs> they won't do anything. They won't learn anything unless there's food in your hand. And, and even when they do learn it, then they don't care if you don't have food. Um, and then uh, on top of that, they're just, they're just loud. Like our ours would just bark like howl bark. And if you were petting him Oof. and then you would stop petting him to, you know, function, he would get so yeah. mad and just follow you around barking until you petted him again. <laughs> Oh my God. You had to have your hand on him in some way. Uh, he was very affectionate, but yeah, the, just mm. they are the most stubborn dogs ever. Um, and then I've, I have a pug, and I still have the this pug, pug of for course. now. Uh, he is uh, he is going to be, or he is a hot eleven years old uh, as oh, of wow. October of this past past year. So twenty twenty one, he turned eleven. We got him in twenty ten. That's how math works. Wow. Um, an, an older gentle dog. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's actually pretty. I mean, hopefully I don't regret saying this. He's pretty spry for an 11 year old yeah. pug. I, I think he was the runt of the the litter and that's kept him. I think that's actually been a benefit to him where he is nowhere near like overweight. He's pretty, I guess, uh, within spec of what like the vet always wants the like pugs to be in. Um but I mean, he's definitely getting, you know, a little old there. Got some, he's got the, the gray just for men, uh touch of gray on mm. his face. Little distinguished salt and yeah. pepper. Look pretty much. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Um, How about I don't you? really have too much interesting. Yeah. Not too much interesting. I, I had a, my first um, pet was a hamster that we thought was a boy. And then I walked in the room one day and saw what looked like a bunch of little worms in its cage. And it turns out it was not a boy. It was actually a pregnant girl hamster. Oh God. And had given birth in our no uh, boy. cage. Yeah. So uh, one of them I hung on to and was my pet for another three or four years. The other ones we, you know, gave away. Um, but that was my first pet experience. And then, you know, we've had cats uh, in my family throughout the years, uh, a couple of dogs. We had a Shih Tzu for years named Ginger, who's an absolute diva. And uh, another small dog, a Lhasa Apso named Toby, um, who lived to be, I think, like 17, um, was like blind and and could could barely like walk and taste by the time he he finally passed away a few years ago. It was my mom's dog. Um, and here at the house, we have two cats. Uh, we've got Penny, um, who is a brown uh, fuzzball. Uh, we regularly refer to as a beaver. Uh, <laughs> she is about 20 pounds, so she's absolutely huge. Um, but absolutely loves to cuddle. And then we have Pearl, who is a little more shy. She's all white, um, much more svelte kind of kind of frame on her. And uh, they're both really good with the baby, which is awesome. Um, you know, they're very That's patient. They don't like swat at her or anything. Yes. So but uh, yeah, we're, we're a cat family. Uh, maybe one day we'll get a dog. Uh, Courtney really doesn't like them, especially the ones that are like big and obnoxious and loud and stuff. So. Maybe one day, you know, especially if we had a, like a larger yard, we might get a dog. But um, for, for now, we're a cat family. 
That's all right. Dope. That was Pet Watch. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Go so, podcast. A link to the pet randomizer. Pet cast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, I, I know Herf is not saying this, but what he wants you to do is head into our off-topic channel and leave us a picture of your pets. I know that's what he wants. So oh, I'm yeah, definitely. I him. love it. <laughs> do it. Post all your pictures. Uh, yep. Okay, uh, so I think we're about done here. Um, if you want to send us an email, you can do so by sending it to email at gomodepodcast.com. We're also, of course, on Discord, as we mentioned many times. We're also on Twitter at gomodepodcast, if that is your preferred method of socialization. Uh, we're on Twitch. We're on YouTube. We're on Patreon. Um, I think that's pretty much it. If you want to see me write music and occasionally play, you can do so at twitch.tv slash temp underscore. Uh, and I am going to shout out. Actually, I have two related shout outs. Uh, the first one is the TV show Nathan for You, which is on Hulu. I think there's three or four seasons. Um, it's not on the air anymore. It was in the 2010s that it aired, but absolutely incredible. Kind of a mix between reality TV and scripted comedy. Um, but uh, I'm not going to explain too much of it, just that if you like kind of offbeat humor, um, it is a really, really funny TV show. And then it, there's sort of a spiritual successor to that show that I just found out about not too long ago on HBO Max called How To with John Wilson. If you like Nathan for you, you should definitely check out How To with John Wilson. Um, just a guy with a camera walking around the streets of New York City trying to answer questions. Um, it is very, very funny. Um, we have been watching it this weekend uh, and just dying laughing multiple times. Um, so I recommend that if you have HBO Max and you like funny stuff that's weird uh so that's me um dancy where can people watch you play link to the past randomizer and then also nowhere shout out nowhere oh, i'm wow retiring no i'm kidding um twitch.tv slash dante three a's uh as temp always likes to spell out um mm-hmm. i guess shout outs i got I, I have a community question and i was talking to you guys oh. about this before we recorded i am looking if you want to help old man Dante out. I am looking for a good brand and model office chair, something that a working from home individual can sit in without back pain all day. I have a DX racer right now. I bought it cause it felt comfy when I tried out a friends and it's been a great chair and there's nothing wrong with it, but it's not great for old man's back. So, uh, I'm, I'm looking for something. I'm not sure how much money I want to spend, so I'm open to any and all suggestions, but I need something with a headrest. Uh, I'm, I'm mm. literally using this podcast now, Temp, to <laughs> do research for me, but if, <laughs> I doubt anybody has anything. Feel free to ping me. DM me. Ping me in general. I don't care. If you got something... I, I'd like to know, too, honestly. Um, I'd love, I'd to, love to hear some suggestions, suggestions. on that. So, um, yeah. Other shout-out. Herf, you're going to be proud of me. I have finished the... Elder Gods Part 1 of Doom Eternal, the DLC that came out a year ago. Um, nice. So I finally played through that, and uh, hopefully sometime this week I'm going to play through Part 2 and finish that up. So uh, I've been having a lot of fun with that, but it's been pretty good. Sweet. Cool. Herf. Yeah, I guess uh, twitch.tv slash herfydurfy. Who knows if I'll ever stream again in my life. <laughs> but... Uh, as far as shout outs go, um, I guess I'm shouting out uh, Judgment and its sequel Lost Judgment, which through a crazy story that happened to me just yesterday as of this recording, I got 
for a very good price. And I'm currently enjoying playing through them again. If you like the Yakuza games, they're by the same studio. They're basically spin-offs. You're playing a detective that used to be a lawyer, but uh, obviously in old Yakuza fashion, everything goes wrong and everything goes wacky and crazy. Nice. Good, good fun. Okay. Yeah, I hadn't heard of those games, but obviously, I mean, I've heard of Yakuza games, obviously, but mm-hmm. Judgment? Yeah, it's, uh, I'm not really sure how to explain it. It plays, you play, the, the open world is the same city that all the recent Yakuza games have taken place in, and, you know, even the old Yakuza games, really. Mm-hmm. But it's developed over the years. This one plays, the first one at least plays in 2018. <clears throat> um, you're a detective that, uh, used to be a lawyer you got uh someone free of murder charges and then they at least supposedly turned around and knifed their girlfriend to death and set their house on fire and that kind of disgraced you as a lawyer because you know you're the guy that got the serial killer free who then killed his girlfriend oh god and uh, now you're working as a private detective trying to you know figure out what's going on and then your past comes back to haunt you and it's you know very j-drama crazy stuff yeah are there yakuza characters in the game or is it just the same world only there are yakuza characters in the game as well you're interacting with the same clan that you know the main clan in all the yakuza games the tojo clan um i don't want to spoil anything but there's a couple of familiar faces later on as well so uh they 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 definitely have crossover but you need no prior knowledge to enjoy the game itself you might just you know miss a few oh look i know this guy or oh i understand why he said that or whatever yeah yeah Cool. All right. Well, I guess that is going to be it for us. Thank you for listening to episode 91. Oh, my God. Yeah, this is crawling the, closer to the 100, man. I know. We're getting so close to 100. And this is the episode that corresponds with the year that the original A Link to the Past came out. So I guess that's sort of special. Mm-hmm. Let's all uh, just silently reflect on that fact as we mirror out. <laughs>